Good morning. Good morning again. This is the day. The day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. For those of you who have joy, let's celebrate. For those of you that's running a little bit late on joy this morning, you may be a little bit behind this morning, but stop by just for a little bit to tell you that you're in the right place at the right time to get some joy. Because the joy I have, I can't give it to you. The world didn't give it to me. They can't take it away. I won't give it away. And this is his day, so I'm going to rejoice in it. Why don't you rejoice with me? Join me now as we invite the presence of God's Spirit into this place. Let us pray. pray. Our God, our Father, who has led us apart from the busy world into the quiet of your house, grant us grace to worship you in spirit and in truth to the comfort of our souls and the upbuilding of every good purpose and every desire through Christ our Lord. Amen. Now we will be led by a minister of music and our praise team. Praise the Lord. It's time to give him glory. Come on, stand to your feet. Come on, stand to your feet. Simple song says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Everybody knows this one. So lift your voice and let's give him glory in this place. Anybody thankful? Anybody thankful? Here we go. Oh, give thanks. Hey. Worthy, worthy, yeah. For 
grace is beautiful. His mercy is beautiful. He's just good. God is just good. How many of you know the Lord is good this morning? How many of you really know the Lord is good this morning? He's a mighty, 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 mighty good God. Oh God, oh God, bless your name. Bless your name. We're just here to worship him for a little while. We're not going to rush you this morning. Let's just worship him a little while. Hallelujah. Take it 
so good <laughs> better than I deserve <laughs> better than I deserve better than I deserve yeah Also engaged to maintain family and secret devotion, to religiously educate our children, to seek the salvation of our kindred and acquaintance. To avoid all tattling, backbiting, and excessive anger. Mm -hmm. 
further engaged to watch over one another in brotherly love. take offense, but always ready for reconciliation and mindful of the rules of our Savior to secure it without delay. And now let us all say together, we moreover engage that when we remove from this place, we will as soon as possible unite with some other church where we can carry out the spirit of this covenant and the principles of God's word. Amen. You may be seated. You be seated for a minute, and we're going to sing together, Oh, How I Love Jesus. I got a lot of energy this morning. Let's sing. There is, there is a name. I love. Oh, I love. Oh, 
your book photo taken today through the end of December. The photographer will be available from 7.30 to 8 a.m. and 9.45 a.m. to 11. The Futures Ministry is now collecting graduation forms for high school seniors and college and post-grads. High school seniors, please note that your forms are due on December the 1st and college and post-grads, your forms will be due by March the 1st. You can pick up a form from Ms. Toya Brown or Pam Adams, or you can go to the K-Chapel app. And please be sure to check your bulletins and the bulletin boards for additional announcements and upcoming community events, and to share your ministry news with the K-Chapel family. Just send an email to kchapelannouncements at yahoo.com, or you can go to the Submit Info tab on the K-Chapel app, but be sure to get your announcements in by noon on Tuesday of each week. Amen, amen. Let the church say amen. 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 Sister Brown, if you're here, won't you come and give us further uh, instructions on the graduation forms. So, Toya, God bless you. Come on and talk to us. Good morning, everyone. Can I have everyone from the Futures Ministry stand as Pamela Adams, Cornelius Adams, and Lisa, Lisa Gaspard? We're here. You guys can see. I just wanted you guys to see their faces. I just wanted to emphasize the forms that I'm speaking about online or on the screen. The reason that I'm getting them early is if you are participating in Baccalaureate Sunday in May, we're trying to gather the information a little sooner than we usually do. And also, it's also to give out information for those seniors that will be attending college next year. We're trying to get information to you throughout the course of your senior year. So if you would see me or one of my members that stood up after service, we can get you a form. Thanks. Man, if you're graduating or plan on graduating, is that right? Amen. You think you graduating. Amen. You need to see one of those three individuals. Amen. God bless you and God keep you as our prayer. Listen, we want to welcome new members and give the right hand of fellowship to uh, new member Jonathan Battle. Brother Battle, if you're here, won't you come and stand with us as we extend to you the right hand of fellowship while he's coming. We want to recognize all of our visitors. Reverend Hawkins, won't you come recognize our visitors while we extend the right hand of fellowship. Reverend Hawkins. Those of you are here for the first time, would you stand, please? Okay, if you're not a member of this church, would you stand? And we're going to give you a warm welcome of something that you can't get anywhere else. And if you're looking for a church home, you're welcome.
those of you who just welcomed our new member, if you gave the right hand of fellowship to Mr. Battle, there's another new member here. Amen. If you miss this new member, I want you to come back around and give another hand. Amen. Amen. All those who missed. Amen. Willie Mae Ellis. Ellis. All right. We want to give Willie Mae Ellis the right hand of fellowship as well. Amen. Amen. God bless. Y'all get in line. Let's do it again. Amen. All right. All right. God bless you. time you will receive information on people that are in need of your prayers, places you can go and minister, people you can minister to. 
We're going to ask that you continue to keep our bereaved families in your prayers. Brother Robert Brown, Brenda Brown, and Brother Willie McCluskey lost their brother, Mr. Jerry Brown. That funeral, I understand, was held on yesterday. Mr. Sammy Henderson lost his brother, Mr. Charles Henderson. That funeral was also held on yesterday. We have in the hospital, Brother James Johnson, he's in the ICU at at the Baptist Hospital, and listen, they're asking for limited, very limited visitation. We also have Sister Thelma Long in the hospital, Brother Kenny Williams also in the hospital. We have recovering at home, Mr. Levi McBride, Mr. A.J. Mack, Coach Walter Griffin, Brother Frank Blunson, Sister Dorothy Ulrich, Mother Triplett, Sister Vera Collins, Sister Aletha Lewis, Reverend Michael Jones, Brother Bobby Smith, one of our ushers, and also five-month-old Madison Sims. As I always say, and you should know this by now, pray when you can, visit where you can, and each day give thanks to God that you can. Amen? Amen. Amen. You know, there's power in what he's saying. It's a blessing when we can go and help and visit and be an inspiration to somebody else. Amen. It's time now that we continue to worship the Lord through our giving. We give for three main reasons here at K Chapel. We give because it demonstrates our obedience to God's word. And then we give because it's a sign of our thankfulness to God Almighty for all of the things that he has supplied and continues to supply in our lives. And then last but not least, we give because we want to see the kingdom of God grow through the missions and through the ministries of K Chapel Missionary Baptist Church. We ask now that the tithers will come while we hear the word of the Lord. The generous will themselves be blessed, for they shall share their food with the poor. From what you have, an offering for the Lord, everyone who is willing to bring to the Lord an offering of gold, silver, and bronze. May the Lord add his blessings to the readers, hearers, and doers of his holy word.
Father, help us to always show our gratitude, not only through these gifts, but also through our acceptance of others as a welcoming and loving community of faith. Bless us now, Lord. We ask that you would do it in the name of Jesus. Amen.
Good morning, K-Chap. As you can see, the choir wearing uh, fall color attire. And yes, we're wearing it for two reasons. Uh, one reason is because it is the fall season. The second reason is because it represents when we fell in love with Jesus. Why we fell in love with Jesus. And I know each member here present and those that are on their sick bed, because we do have some sick members that haven't been here. But when you visit them, the first thing they're going to tell you is about Jesus. So we know the reason why we fell in love with Jesus. Do you know the reason why you fell in love with Jesus? Can you think of the ways as to why you fell in love with Jesus? So as we go into this worship song, we just want to invite you just to listen and meditate on the words as to why you fell in love with Jesus. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not, I love that word, shall not, <laughs> that means it's final, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Why don't you tell your neighbor next to you, I love Jesus. Come on, I love Jesus. Has he done anything for you? Is he a provider? Is he a protector? Has he been your refuge in the time of the storm? Come on, tell your other neighbor, I love Jesus, I love Jesus. Come on, come on. This is his house, so we have to let him know that we love him. God bless you.
exalt you, O God. We exalt you, O Lord. We love you, O Lord. We fail in love with you, O God. Hmm. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus was the best thing I've ever done. Can anybody testify? Falling in love with Jesus. Falling with. I did it a long time ago. Falling with Jesus. It's the best thing. asked why. Here's the reason why. Cause in his arms I feel in my Savior's arms never Oh, in his arms, in his arms I feel there's no place My God, my God, my God. Falling in love, falling in love with Jesus. Oh, I fell in love with him long time ago. Best thing. Hallelujah. Romans. Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. Hmm. I want you to read the entirety of this chapter when you get home. Romans chapter 6. I want to read one verse. That's the last verse of this chapter. Verse number 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. The dangers of sin. The dangers of sin. There's some things that you ought to just leave alone. Some things you have no business fooling with. You, you, you really don't have any business messing with a lion. 
I don't care if he is in a cage. You, you, you don't have any business fooling with any poisonous animals. I don't care how tame they say they are. When you were a child, there were substances under the cabinet that were marked with the cross, the skull and the crossbones. And when you saw that, you knew that there was something you needed to avoid because it was poisonous. Leave it alone. It's dangerous for consumption. Sin is dangerous. And you not need play. I really feel like preaching this morning. You shouldn't play around with sin. I don't care how good it feels. You might as well say amen. Some, some sin, amen lights. For the time you doing it, don't seem like, don't y'all look at me like that. <laughs> Whether it's the sin of gluttony, it feels good when you eating. Amen, like, it, it, if you steal it and look like you're going to get away with it, y'all ain't going to say amen this morning. <laughs> But, but, but I don't care how good it feels or how attractive it is or what it seems like it will allow for on the other side, you ought not play around with sin. According to the Bible, all of us have sinned. We, in fact, have been marked by sin upon our birth. We all wrestle with its presence in our lives, some more than others. And yet the church finds it able to talk about any and everything other than, it seems, sin. People are dying in their sins, struggling with their sins, becoming addicted to their sins. And the church is talking about everything else but sin. We talk about miracles and breakthroughs, but we don't talk about sin. We talk about turnarounds and seasons of prosperity, but we don't talk about sin. We talk about faith to move mountains, but we don't talk about sin. We talk about the power of prayer, but we don't talk about the effects of sin. I suppose one of the reasons we don't talk about sin so much is because if you talk about it long enough, you're going to upset somebody. Talk about it long enough. You're going to eventually go down somebody's pew. Get on somebody's street. And offend somebody. And if you deal with sin thoroughly enough, eventually someone will become offended. Which is why the church is becoming less willing to challenge sin and call sin out. Because in doing so, we run the risk of upsetting somebody. Well, I ain't never been scared of upsetting somebody. 
by preaching the truth. People still need to know that the wages of sin is death. People still need to know that hell is hot. People need to still know the devil is mean and sin is still a disease of the soul that corrupts and corrodes the character of the Christian. And like any disease, sin needs to be properly treated. Because left untreated, sin distorts, sin deforms, sin destroys the human soul. The wages of sin, Paul says, is death. Get that in your ears and in your heart this morning. The wages of the payout, the outcome of sin, what you get from sin, Paul says, eventually is death. And if it doesn't kill you physically, it'll mess your life up. Oh, it may not kill you dead, but it'll kill your character. It'll kill your reputation. It'll kill any dreams that you had, things that you could have become, people that you could have, things that you could have done. All of that will be destroyed because the wages of sin is death, which demands that as Christians we are must be aware of sin and its potential, sin and its power, sin and its presence in our lives. What is sin? One writer said that sin is any lack of conformity to the moral character of God or to the law of God. Any lack of conformity, any way that we do not conform to God's character or God's law, this writer says that's sin. Sin is a condition and a disease of the human soul. If you do not treat it, just like high blood pressure, you run the risk of something greater happening to you. So, a few dangers of sin I want to lift up to you this morning. I'll be letting you go. Number one, first danger we should be aware of when it comes to sin. Sin weakens the witness. Sin weakens your witness. In other words, you damage your credibility as a Christian when you participate in sin. You damage, watch this, the reputation of the faith and the reputation of the church when you practice and participate in sin. You cause skepticism and doubt because people are listening not only to what you say, but they are watching how you live. And sin works to discredit your testimony. I don't care what you say. Folk are watching to see if you do any of what you talk about. You can say all you want. He picked you up, turned you around. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. If your behavior does not reflect the reality of a turned around life, a new life, then your testimony is suspect. 
If people cannot see the change in your life, then your witness is questionable. If you are a new creature in Christ, you ought to live like it. There ought to be some visible evidence of your conversion. There ought to be some measurable outcome that one can point to and identify it as since you have been saved. That's why Paul writes, and I told you I want you to read the rest of this chapter in its entirety when you get home. But earlier in this chapter, verse 4, he writes in verse 4, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in newness of life. Paul says, the same way that he was raised up, you should be raised up. You should walk in a new life. You need, and all of us who have been born again need a since I've been saved testimony. Since I've been saved. You, 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 you know what I used to do, but since I've been saved... In fact, you ought to be able to tell some folk, you ought to be glad I'm saved. Because since I've been saved, I wasn't saved. I would have said. Now don't tell them what you would have said. But since I've been saved, since I've been saved, I don't talk the way I used to talk. Since I've been saved... I don't act the way I used to act. Since I've been saved, I don't get angry the way I used to get angry. Since I've been saved, you ought to have a since I've been saved testimony about the power of God in your life. Because if you're still doing now the same stuff you were doing before you got saved, you then discredit the power of Christ to transform. Yes, the blood still works to save you. But it also works to change you. And since you've been saved, you ought to look like it. You ought to walk like it. You ought to talk like it. You ought to think like it. Since you've been saved. The writer of Hebrews says, let us lay aside every weight and sin that does so easily beset us. And in that statement is the tacit acknowledgement that even as Christians, yes, we are still dealing with something, but we ought to lay it aside. Put it down. Don't let that thing keep hanging on to you after these many years. Amen, lights. Number two, number two, second danger of, of, of sin. Second danger of sin is that it hardens the heart and it overcomes the will. When you play around with sin, eventually sin hardens the heart and overcomes the will. I hear somebody saying already, Reverend, sin can't overcome, a Christian can't control, a Christian devil is a lie. That's part of the problem. You think that Christians cannot be controlled by sin. I see it every day. And that's why Paul wrote in verse 12 of this, of this chapter. He said, verse 12, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. He said, don't let it stay there because if you let it stay there, eventually you will obey it. If you let sin stay in its place, it will eventually overcome your will and make you do what you don't want to do. 
Talk to me, Paul. The good that I would. <laughs> I do not. And, and the things that I don't want to do, that I find myself doing. Paul says, I don't want to do stuff that I find myself doing. Why? Because sin, if you don't treat it as the disease and the deformity that it is, it will eventually harden your heart and overcome your very will. Paul comes to the conclusion in Romans 7 and 17, Now then it is no therefore I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. The sin that dwells in me. Watch this. The sin that dwells in me, watch this, that you let stay there. It wouldn't dwell there if you kicked it out. My, my, my. But because you let it stay there, Paul says, the sin that dwells in me is making me do stuff I know I have no business doing. The sin in me is pulling me to say things I know I have no business saying. The sin in me is pushing me to go places I have no business going. The sin in me is causing me to have relationships I know I have no business having. The sin in me is drawing me to do crooked business deals. The sin in me is making me cheat on my tests. The sin in me is making me lie on my timesheet. The sin in me is making me watch pornography the sin in me is making me sneak around and sleep around the sin in me is making me lie on my taxes the sin in me is making me steal office supplies from the office the sin in me I went down everybody's I missed that role wait a minute the sin in me making me do stuff that I know I ought not do but I let it stay there and the sin makes me because it overpowers my will number three the dangers of sin if you don't treat sin as the, the corrupt thing that it is if you let it stay there sin eventually sin mixes up the mind sin mixes up the mind. Dangerous thing about sin is that over the long haul, sin acts as an anesthetic. Listen to me. You can sin so long until your mind starts playing tricks on you. And stuff that you knew was wrong as a child because you've done it so long. Now as a young adult, you don't think nothing about I wish I had a witness or two in here. Stuff you knew Sunday school teacher told you, you ought not be doing that. You, you knew it, you understood it, but you did it as a teenager. You kept on doing it as a young adult. And now you convinced yourself, ain't nothing wrong with that. That's just life. God made us sexual creatures. And before you know it, you'll start defending sin, calling it a right. Oh, I'm preaching better than you responding. You, you'll start defending sin because you've done it so long and justify your wrong because it mixes up and messes up your mind. If you don't believe it, if you don't believe it, go stay in Romans. Romans chapter 1, Romans chapter 1. Paul talks about it in Romans chapter 1 beginning with verse 21. It says, because that when they knew God, 
In other words, when you was in Sunday school, when they knew God, when you was coming to BTU, when they knew God, when you came to Bible study, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into the image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Watch this. Here it is. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Verse 28, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. See, it'll mess with your mind and make you think you can talk to your parent any kind of way. It'll mess with your mind until that right cross come across. Some of y'all remember, you thought you could get away with it. That right cross came out of Georgia, made his way through Alabama, connected with you in Jackson. Suddenly you remembered. Paul teaches us that consistent sin eventually deadens the spiritual consciousness of the Christian and allows the person to take on a mind and a mentality that is counter to the word of God. Sin will change you to the point that you make excuse for it. This is why I do what I do. I was born like this. Ain't nothing wrong with this. Something wrong with y'all. I, I can't stop committing fornication. My mama and my daddy, they, they all did. And so it's in, watch this, it's in my blood. And you'll say that after you just saying the blood still works. Number four, number four, number four, number four, number four. Dangers of sin, number four. Sin corrupts and corrodes the character. Sin corrupts and corrodes the character. Sin is, sin is similar to faith. Remember Jesus says, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be thou removed and it will be cast into the midst of the sea. A, a little bit can do a whole lot. A little bit of faith can go a long way. And sin is the same way. It don't take much. That's why Paul says, a little leaven. Leaven it the whole lump. It doesn't take much to have great effect. And that's why Paul says, get it out while you have time. 
purge it out because a little sin corrupts and corrodes the character of the Christian. While it may start out small, eventually it grows into something grand that poisons the soul and infects the heart and corrupts and contaminates the rest of the body. And left untreated, it spreads to the rest of your life. Left untreated, sin corrupts every other part of your life. And where you were strong, suddenly you become weak. Where you were strong, suddenly things become a challenge. Places where you never struggle suddenly become vulnerable. Things that you never had considered eventually become the things that challenge you morally and ethically. Issues you never had to deal with come knocking at your front door and you look up and wonder, how did it come to this? I used to be so strong. Things used to be so clear. I used to have such a clear view and perspective of life and now everything looks so gray. I can't tell right from wrong. And everybody's making good points. I don't know where to land on this issue. Yes, sin spreads and corrupts and corrodes the soul. The last thing that sin does, the dangers of sin. Sin consumes the conscience. Sin consumes the conscience. Sin eventually, watch this, sin eventually, it does, sin, sin doesn't just stay in one little place. Wouldn't it be nice if you could just, just box it off and know that once you put it in the box, it wasn't going nowhere else? And you had your one little box of sin? Some of y'all think that would be nice. But sin spreads. And eventually it consumes the conscience. Paul writes in verse 19, you read it when you get home. Verse 19 says, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity, unto iniquity, even now so yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. Paul says, listen, when you were in the world, you did everything you could to run after sin. Your members were yielded to sin. That's all you wanted to do. When a party was going on, you were in it. In fact, it didn't start. Y'all ain't talking to me. <laughs> and when you left, it ended. You, you were the party. Come on and talk to me if you can. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and Paul says the same way your members were yielded to unrighteousness to do the things that you wanted to do now that you are saved, your members ought to be yielded to holiness because they were, watch this, consumed by sin. Consumed by sin. Consumed by sin. What, what does that mean? That, mean, that means you were at work thinking about it. 
Amen, lights. Some of y'all put your change of clothes in the trunk. Didn't want to go home. Y'all, <laughs> just keep it moving. Conscious was consumed by sin. Now, now, now of all the things, and that's why you don't play with it, because the Bible says, and Paul ends by saying, the wages of sin is death. That's the outcome. And with everything that sin can do, I want to leave you with one thing that sin can't do. One thing that sin cannot do, sin cannot condemn a Christian. Okay, you missed your shout. That really was it. Sin cannot condemn a Christian. What, what, what do you mean, preacher? I, I'm saying that, that when a Christian sins, and we will, the good news is that our sins don't condemn us to eternal death. In other words, in other words, you, you, you're really missing your shout. You missed it twice. In other words, I don't lose my salvation because of my sins. So, somebody's getting in there. I, I, I don't lose the get what the wages of sin is death but the gift of god is eternal life paul said listen listen if 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 you don't change yet the end result of a sinful life that is not regenerated and given to Christ is not renewed you are not born again the end result of that is a, is a death eternal death but the gift of God is eternal life see because and the reason the reason why the reason why you don't lose your salvation is because in Christ our sin debt has been paid. I, I almost shouted when y'all started singing, the blood still works. See, because, because the blood still works, I cannot lose the gift of eternal life. Because the blood still works, it still washes me. It still saves me. It still purges me. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Do I have a witness here? That's why the writer of Hebrews said that, yeah, that, that, that by this man, after he offered one sacrifice for sin forever, he sat down at the right hand of God and from henceforth, expecting till his enemies be made his footstool, for by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Now you ought to ask your neighbor, how long is forever? Forever? 
means forever. And since he saved me, that means nothing can unsave me. I'm saved forever. Is there anybody in this house that can thank God today that even when I sin, I've got a Savior whose blood still works. I've got a Savior. Good God Almighty. I've got a Savior who says that's all right. I know she messed up again, but my blood, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin left a crimson stain, but can anybody testify he washed? I say he washed, he washed me white as snow. Is there anybody here who's glad today that God sent his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have ever lasting ever lasting ever lasting life but the gift of God is eternal life eternal life eternal life and Jesus y'all I get happy about that because Jesus says Jesus says listen nothing shall be able to pluck you out of the Father's hands. Pat, when you said, sometimes I didn't want to be kept, but he kept me anyhow. Because nothing can pluck me out of my Father's hands. Oh, he's got a grip on me. And he won't let go. Oh! To be kept by Jesus. Oh! To be held by his love. Oh! To be kept by Jesus. Jesus listen if you're here this morning and you don't know this Jesus that we celebrate this Christ who keeps us his blood that washes us and his father who holds us if you don't know him as your Lord and Savior I want to invite you this morning to get to know him now listen do me a favor do me a favor I need, if you're saved and already saved and you can celebrate your salvation, 
I want you to pray for somebody else's right now. I want you to pray for somebody else's right now. This is a serious moment of commitment. Don't nobody leave. Don't nobody. You ain't in a hurry. Don't leave. Just stay right there. This is too serious of a matter. Stay right where you are and pray for somebody else's salvation. I know you got yours. Pray that they get theirs. All to be kept. If you're here this morning, you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You are invited to come right here and right now. Kept by, kept, kept by. Hallelujah. Kept by. The doors of the church are open. You can come now. By letter, by Christian experience, as a Kennedy for baptism. You've already given your life to Christ, but you don't have a church home. You come. Kept.
going to ask Mr. Silas and Gwen Richmond to stand. They're both coming by Christian experience. Amen. That means that you have been baptized. Yes. Yes. You have been a member of a church before. Yes. Yes. If this church accepts you as a member, are you willing to study with us? Yes, sir. Yes. Are you willing to work with us? Yes, sir. Yes. Amen. I'm going to ask that you go with Sister Butler, that you be scheduled for your orientation classes. Amen. And Sister Tripp comes with a statement. church it happened last third Sunday last month and so uh, I have a lot of time intense pain in the top of my head my head is not sore but the pain comes down a lot of time so I'm been I have pain behind my neck sometimes it gets very intense and after I fell, as soon as I fell, all these symptoms came down. I, I began to hurt right under my knee. So I'm determined to keep going, but I need your prayer. And it's going to take a lot of prayers when you get up in age and you have a fall. I mean, I fell flat on my back. And uh, it, it was water down there. It was raining. But I didn't see the water up where the, 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 the carts were. When I came in to get a little lunch, I go in there quite frequently. Like I'm saying about, I don't feel like going to a big place. But anyway, I got the baggage to put my purse over in and go down the aisle. And so as I was on my way down the aisle uh, at the Fondren McDade's, I saw the wet sign. So of course, with me afraid of falling, I bagged my bucket on back, came on around, went down one of the cashiers line, went straight to the back and got my lunch, came back to the cashier line, paid for him, handbag on my arm, a little bag in my hand, and had the bucket and I swept it around. So when I fell, I was, whoop, just like that. And uh, so when they got me back, got when they let me lay there for a while and got me up. Then I saw a whole lot of water up there by the bucket, but they didn't have no wet sign. Mm -hmm. Because if I had seen the sign with getting my bucket, I wouldn't have, oh, no, yes. I'm afraid of false. I need y'all. I need that's your prayer. It. That's it. If you don't see that's me, it. you know, I love this church. And when you don't see me, yeah. you know I'm hurting. Yes, and if, and if, if, yes, ma'am. Remember, I used to come to Bible class all the time. And, and it get kind of bad at the time. I told Pastor Reginald that seemed like somebody was watching me or whatever to get the sign. I would go a different route. So that's why you all don't see me coming 
Bible class, not that I just, you know, but I had a reason not come. So just pray for me, church. Amen. 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 God bless you. Also, the Johnsons are coming for prayer also. So we're going to ask that you take the hand of the person next to you. And let us join in prayer together. Father God, we come now thanking you for another day. Another day through our pains, through our suffering. You allowed us to return to this place. But Father, we come this morning knowing that the blood still works. We come knowing that all pain and suffering you hold in your hand. That you have all power to heal all pain, all suffering. That you have the power, O oh Lord, to heal families. Not just individuals, but families, Lord. So Father, we just want to say thank you this morning. Thank you because we know we have someone that we can turn to. Someone when nobody else is there, no matter the hour, no matter the day, that you're always there, Lord. Father, we ask, oh Lord, that you would just touch. Touch our bodies, touch our families, oh Lord. Heal where healing is needed. Comfort where comfort is needed. Bless in ways that we don't yet understand, oh Lord. But Master, most of all, we just want to say thank you. Because you've been so good to us. But these are other blessings we ask in the name of thy son, Jesus. Amen. say amen. Listen, I, I want to ask that you be in prayer for my wife, um, very dear uncle of hers uh, is, is on life support at this moment. Um, and we're, of course, putting it in God's hands. So lift her up. She's at, uh, we were at the hospital long time yesterday but lift her up um, it's in the Lord's hands now amen God bless you God bless you God bless you keep you in prayer we're standing oh now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest rule and abide with each of you now henceforth and forevermore in the name of the Father the Son the Holy Spirit amen Amen. God bless you. Go in peace.